back. We're back. And this is weird. This is a weird setup this time. Normally, uh, I'm looking at Sai. I'm looking at him and his stupid face. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, it helps this. It helps this intro part because it's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. This is the Two Reluctant Cogs uh, podcast, Two Reluctant Cogs show. Uh, it's April 2nd, uh, and it's been... I think over a month since the last episode. And so this is episode 11. We did it. We made it uh, solidly into the double digits. And uh, a lot has changed. A lot has changed since the last time we recorded. So unclear what this is going to sound like when it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. How many miles do you think we are apart? Something like a couple thousand? Yeah. Probably easy. something. Easy. A couple thousand miles away, which is just insane. It's just an insane, uh, just you know, aspect of technology that I think people recognize all the time. But you know, to truly internalize that, yeah, you're over easily over 2,500 miles away from me, and we're having this conversation in real time. And I have a uh, optimistic uh, view that this might be the best sounding audio that we've ever had, uh, based on the way we're recording. <laughs> So actually adding 2,500 miles between us will likely improve the podcast considerably, even though I'm staring at this inanimate mic. And Yeah, well, I'm, I'm watching my sound waves go by, and uh, it's a little disconcerting. I might have to, like, turn my computer monitor around or something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll have, to, we'll have to work on our banter. You know, it might be not the timing might be off a little bit. We'll see. Well, you know what I'm already noticing because I'm also now watching the sound waves is uh, <laughs> I'm just seeing the gap when you start talking. And right, and you're just sitting your, there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to insert your audio file right there, hopefully. Uh, so we'll give that a shot. Uh, but one thing I'm noticing is that when you're talking, I just silent. Versus uh, if this was in person, uh, I would be talking over you. But I think yeah. there's like a basic phone etiquette that I think will also improve the quality because I feel like. Uh, for the last 10 episodes, there's like 30 minutes of clarity and structure, and then it immediately devolves into chaos, and we're just shouting about the Persian Empire on top of each other, uh, <laughs> and no one can hear anything. Yeah, and also, well, we're, we're both very well-versed in phone like conference call etiquette. Like, we're like, ex veterans of conference calls from our uh, business lives or prof professional lives. So, I mean, I, some people are not used to, like, having on a conference call and having that give and take etiquette but obviously we're we do it for hours a day and so it's like second nature well you should use the past tense now yeah so let's start past with tense. a little so, life update uh so yeah, so me yeah, how, uh called call, called one uh cyber Gady is now uh located i was in brooklyn with trevor previously not in his apartment though we would record in his apartment we both lived in brooklyn uh, we now, n neither of us live in Brooklyn. I am in, uh, I'm in Maine, uh, a small, small town called, called Searsmont, Maine. I think population probably right around a, a thousand, uh, very low density, I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got a single bar of service and that is how this call is being executed on is a single bar of LTE service. So, uh, thank God for that. Uh, and that's my that, that's that's where I am now. And so uh, over to uh, over to you, Trevor. Well, what what led you there? Well, uh, so Trevor mentioned the past tense. That's uh, that's because I have quit my job, yeah, which isn't have. which isn't so 
so uh, serious a thing, but for me, you know, like you, know, you spend a long time working and I uh, just, it's a big deal for me to have quit a job and more specifically quit a job with no new job on the horizon. So not only did I quit my job, but I also didn't bother to get a new job. So I'm uh, voluntarily unemployed in a, what could be best described as a cabin on a lake in the woods of Maine, uh, recording podcasts and, uh, and, uh, we'll see what, you know, we'll see what's in store for me. Uh, but the, 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 just the coronavirus or maybe just the, uh, the pain that is, uh, retail energy, uh, led you, uh, you know, to just push you into a completely thorough lifestyle. Like you're literally doing a, a Walden type, uh, type of experience right now out in a cabin in the woods by yourself uh, no wi-fi no wi-fi no wi-fi and a single bar cell service that's that's size response to uh you know 20 modernity so far yeah, <laughs> well, modernity yeah. yeah well that's the thing that's is where, because we'll where get we're, where we're at we'll talk about the fact obviously it's the the, the the pressing item is the you know is the global pandemic but these plans were in in place for months and i've been working on committing to this and getting into this for months now prior to uh prior to the to this whole thing happening and so um it's kind of it's just coincided kind of nicely for me uh in some ways um and uh yeah it's it's the the bookshelf here is stocked and i have come across a big supply of rockwell kent um books who is so he's my new um he's my new person that i'm reading a lot of and learning about i guess he's I a he's really a important uh, question for you yeah have you read the that david foster wallace story that i printed <laughs> out on physical paper no i um, do i i haven't i i haven't but honestly dead serious it's right in front of me i have it right here in front of me good old neon it's i'm looking i have it in my hand and over uh, here talking about rockwell kent and look at this. I mean, so I should. Okay, I'll, next next podcast episode, I will have it. Uh, I'll have it read. I've got it. Yeah. I, I can prove it to you. My my whole life, I've been a fraud. That's the first sentence. Uh, we should we should talk and, about it briefly on the next episode because we both. I I listened to this very bad wizards podcast episode where they talked about uh, that short story of David Foster Wallace's. What's it called? It's called Good Old Neon. Good old neon. Yeah. Good old neon. Yeah, and it's uh, listening to them review it. I was like, oh, this sounds dope. So I read it, and I was, and it was one of my favorite short stories I've ever read. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so then I like forced Cy to print it out at, at work. I just sent him an electronic version, but he he decided to print it. But um, yeah, that'd be cool. We should talk about that on the next episode. Um, I've got I've got good old neon printed out, and I also have vertical power, vertical market power, interconnected natural gas and electricity markets. Uh, yeah, they go hand in hand. They all you know. So those are both printed out, and I've. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read both, so I'll have something to say on both issues come next uh, next episode. Hell yeah. Um, well, speaking about electricity markets, uh, I'm still working in them uh, loosely. Uh, so I went from that Brooklyn apartment. Uh, Lauren and I we, we moved to Austin, Texas, on March 9th. Um, I think if we would have left uh, four or five days later. Uh, I don't think we would have left. I think we would have just stayed. I think there would it wouldn't have been possible to leave to leave New the York. The logistics, uh, yeah, yeah. Given what's happening right now in New York City with respect to uh, Corona, coronavirus, 
Um, so that's, you know, I think we're going to, we're probably going to spend a lot of time talking about that because it's, it's hard not to right now. I think it's just, we're living through history. And, uh, so it's, this is one of the, the largest global events that I've ever lived through. Um, so it's crazy. And in my little micro world, the impact of that is, uh, you know, we got to Austin and tried to like build a little home here. And within the first week it was like, Grocery stores didn't have food. Uh, so we're doing these crazy Costco and Walmart runs in these Texas Walmarts, which are no joke, I will say. The super Walmart game in Texas is on another level. Walmart, <laughs> I, 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 haven't, I haven't been to a Walmart since I was maybe 12. And coming back as a 30-year-old, needing to buy things, uh, it was like paradise on earth. Uh, if that paradise <laughs> was filled with thousands of other people trying to get the exact same things at the exact same time. Um, so it was crazy. It was crazy. So we got here and tried to do that and have since uh, been cooking a lot of meals. Uh, I worked in the office here for like a week and now I'm just working remote. Um, and so we don't, we haven't really made any friends per se. Because uh, uh, yeah, the world's under, hard. under house arrest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so living that quarantined cog lifestyle um so still still very much working for the man uh but uh our future patreon supporters you know again i just want to thank you guys because with your help you know si and i were able to both able i should say to liberate ourselves uh from the the shackles of uh white collar servitude uh and are able to just live uh, the podcast lifestyle. Um, so yeah. thanks to you guys, and uh, not unfortunately in the present day, I haven't felt that support yet. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a cog in this machine for a bit. And uh, in the meantime, when I'm, people ask wh where I moved from, I, I try not to say, because yeah. uh, saying New York in the age of Corona is uh, at least in April of <laughs> April second, as of April second, saying you're from New York is not the best way to make friends. Yeah, no, totally. There's a whole there's a whole dynamic going on there, especially in um, especially up here in Maine and New England, uh, where so many of these you know there's a big summer home type situation in New England up in the coast of Maine, coast of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. There's summer homes of people who live full time in New York or or uh, Boston, and they come up to their summer homes typically, and because of the obvious. Uh, crisis and kind of panic around coronavirus so uh, many of those people have come up to their summer homes you know way earlier than they, uh, they than they otherwise ever would right typically they wouldn't show up in maine until uh june july august really and and they're showing up now in march and there's a lot of tension in the communities around this uh it's it's the oh, big yeah. drama it's the talk of the town of of these out-of-staters and I, myself being one you know, my only claim is that i i'm from here so it's you know, I guess I, I can make the argument that I'm not so bad. And but you have, have a also, New York license plate up there? Thank God I do not have a New York plate. Um, okay. So that's good. My car is a main, main license plated oh, car. Oh, you're so, good then. You're good. So I'm in. But, you know, and I also, I haven't, I've left my apartment once. And, um, not my apartment. Got to break that habit. My, my camp here once. <laughs> and uh, the grocery store, the local co-op is a... Uh, they, you can you can give them a, a shopping list and they shop for you and then they'll drop the bag outside and you can pick it up so zero contact so I've been like super isolated up here 
trying to do the the prescribed you know 14 day quarantine as coming from New York it's very you know it's certainly possible that I'm an asymptomatic carrier or something of that nature because yeah. um, you left on the 9th right I mean I was there till the 30th uh, yeah. so it yeah. you know it ramped up significantly in those last three weeks and just in the few days that I've been gone it's gotten even even more intense and, and more crazy so I feel really grateful that I'm out of there but you know a lot of our friends are still quarantined in their apartments they're just like super isolated in their apartments and honestly, like half my, fr- I feel like half my friends have gotten it, and or like they don't know, but I have got had like low level symptoms, and like you know they can't get tests, so it's like they don't know, but they're just isolated in their apartment, so it doesn't really make a difference. But like a couple of my friends, you know, have have had mild fevers and they've passed, or have had like mild achiness and like chest pain, and and it's passed. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I mean, and it's like it's, I guess a lot of they're people, like. Go ahead. No, just a lot of people are getting it. It's uh, I mean, it's like I, hard I, not yeah. to, you know. So yeah. it's so virulent, virulent. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, it's it's it is, it is hyper, hyper, virulent. That in the in I the way that it, weird. and specifically the way that it takes so long for symptoms to develop, right? So you can have it for a week. You can pass it on for a week plus, I think, without even showing any symptoms prior to your symptoms developing so it's really interesting in that way in terms of explains the just the unstoppable nature of the spread you know just in in that it seems like it's almost inevitable that it's just hit new york first and it's going to spread out everywhere else inevitably it's just a matter of time it seems like yeah yeah and the some of the people i know in new york uh i've heard you know similar stories people getting these fevers, um, some people where it's like very clearly uh, corona, and then others where it's like, is this just a allergy thing, or is this like, a, you know, am I actually sick? So I've yeah, seen like yeah. a couple different levels within people I know, or at least like friend of a friend of a friend type of deal. It's not, uh-huh. uh, it hasn't hit the people that I knew in New York, and I and I didn't have as big a community there as like Lauren does, for instance. Uh-huh. Uh, but within my community, most of the people I know have, I'd say maybe, I don't know, 5% of them uh, have gotten gotten some version of something. Um, you know, and I, that's a pretty high number. <laughs> that's a pretty high number in my personal life. Especially um, considering that they're all self-isolating. I mean, everybody's self-isolating, yeah, you know. It's just impossible. I mean, this is maybe one of the first things worth talking about, you know, because I we did mention this, and I, I haven't listened to our last podcast recently. Uh, I listened to it immediately after we did it, but haven't listened to it again. But we did talk about uh, Corona. I remember that. And I remember us talking about the craziness of the effects and forecasting out some like doom and gloom about this is going to take over the country. This is going to go everywhere. In the time since we recorded that, where I felt like, you know, we were pretty lighthearted about it. And uh, it's still, I don't know where you were at with it when we were... uh, when we talked last time, but I was not in a place where I was really taking this seriously or really thought it was going to impact my life in any significant way. Um, other than maybe working home, you know, working home for a little bit. I did not expect the, the chaos at the grocery stores. I did not expect shelves to run out of stuff. Um, and I certainly didn't, I don't know. I mean, I did it's in an abstract level in an abstract way. In fact, but, uh, I think emotionally it hadn't really 
it hadn't affected me on a personal level in any meaningful way. And since that time, it, it certainly has. And it's just, it's crazy to see the effects of this global pandemic in your country, uh, in your community, in your town, uh, the way you're describing your interactions at like the co-op. That's everyone's experience right now in some form. Yeah. Of fashion. Well, I think that's, that's the crazy part. Yeah. Is that social dynamic and that like personal dynamic. I think we were... I think we were very hyped up about the doom associated, like the economic doom, which yeah, which, which is also I, starting to come true. I think we're seeing I think, that. Yeah, I think we were on top of that. I just don't think we thought through the social, the person, you know, personally, you know, what it actually means yeah, to be isolated. Exactly. You know, to isolate yourself in your apartment. If you live alone, that means you're alone, right? For the for the foreseeable future, right? For you know, now probably about a month and realistically another month right at minimum yeah, if not longer and like i uh i i went to see my family up here and i basically i pulled into the driveway and talked to them i got out of the car and i talked to them from the car and they were on the porch and you know we were 10 feet away and that's the extent of you know what where where i've been able to basically do any social interaction because of of this and so you just like you start to think about that, like, oh, the fact that you really can't have any in-person social interaction uh, for the indefinite future. It feels like it feels like the entire future has been put on pause, right? Yeah. Everybody's everybody's stuck in this present stasis of of all factors. It's not just economic. It's it's your relationships. If you don't live with your partner, you know, yeah. if you don't live with your girlfriend or your partner or um, or you're single. Like, it's on hold. You know, you can't go, no one's dating, right? I mean, I guess there's digital dating going on, but like, it's not being consummated in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, think of that. Like, for three months, yeah. the whole nation's just not going to date. There's not yeah. going to be any hookups, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just one aspect of it, but um, it's, it's mind-boggling. I have, news to, for you. I have news for you. People will violate quarantine for that. I hate yeah, well, I of course. I don't think a little. I don't think. I know, but, but ever of course. Of that. <laughs> but I mean, it, they, it, the violations will happen. But I'll, you know. Yeah. But even that, sure. the, the exception is you know, proves the rule in the sense that it's fallen dramatically, right? Just the amount of the amount of interaction, right? You know, it, it might like spike, said, man. Who knows? People might love the forbidden aspect, like ooh, we're spreading yeah. coronavirus. The right taboo now. of a little it, danger. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's there's the the role playing of it. Date. Yeah. Um, but you know, and it's not just romantic. It's it's also just like you're in a new area. I'm in a new area. I can't go meet yeah, friends. For sure. I have people here that like I was so excited to come back to Maine and like say hi to all these friends and like kind of re rekindle all these relationships I have with all these people. All on hold, right? None of it yeah. can happen. Uh, I had plans to go like ski every weekend, every day for like the the balance of the spring season. Can't. That's you know can't go do that can't go you know so it's just everybody and that's just my personal thing but everybody like everybody's future like uh like i had i had i had plans to go to all these weddings this summer right it's it's the summer people are getting married yep presumably all of those are on hold and probably will be realistic very likely will be suspended or you know postponed so like weddings you know everybody's plans have just been canceled and postponed and it's just like this in infinite stasis uh and, and it's bizarre now i think on the other side of that coin and you know you and i talked about it a little bit um you know last time we, we spoke uh on the phone 
it wasn't on a podcast, but just uh, about there, there is a there is a sort of brighter side, or at least I, there are some reasons to be optimistic from a social perspective about like sort of the long run effects of hit, hit of me this, though, of hit me with those. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like the, the first one being like, I mean, the emergence of like uh, screen or like video chat. I think a lot of people are just doing video chat now instead of just picking up the phone. Like right. friends, like family, my parents, like you know, people you even, people that typically wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, and there's like a prioritization almost of getting that FaceTime because everyone's sort of desperate for it. So I kind of love that. You know, I did a family game night uh, on Zoom um, this weekend with like some extended family of some aunts and uncles and like a cousin and then my parents and then like I called in with Lauren and we played like Taboo or something and it was dope, man. It was like three hours where I just like got to see my ex- whole extended family together and we were all laughing together and just being way too competitive about this stupid game um and it was just it was hilarious and then we signed off but it was just like wow i haven't had like facetime with all of you guys at the same time in years and it's weird that that this sort of isolation brought this out and i was like i'll do this next week i would love this i would love to like reconnect in this way with like i'm i'm finding myself calling a lot more of my friends which is not something i used to do very much i would more like text people but now uh like i'm just calling people just to like catch up and it's and well, it's like it's it's so there's no one has anything to do, so it's yeah. well, yeah. you're, you're, so you're like, you have, strengthening. There's nothing. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like eliminated a lot of the bullshit, honestly, in uh, society. A lot of the ways we distract ourselves. Now, there's it's killed a lot of great things, which you were sort of outlining, like like just being able to like explore nature, just move out of your home. That's like it sucks to not be able to do that for sure. It sucks for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some like I don't know, and I, I'm interested well, be, to see. Well, curious like, the to see back after yeah. the disease is over. Exactly, because um, that's where I think like we are going to appreciate community at a much deeper and richer level uh, in our individual lives, which is you know I think hugely important just from a sense of like basic sense of like fulfillment on an individual level. I think you want to be part of like a larger community throughout your life, and I think this gives people a chance to to like refocus on their how they're how they've been living their life and sort of prioritize uh that sort of thing and i and i think that could have some really cool ripple effects in our culture um and in our ethic and just like i don't know uh basic levels of happiness in this country i think yeah we'll there's some I, like positive effects that could come out uh, yeah i i think i think there's depth you know we know there's going to be like effects right and so the Huge the, pen, the the penetration of like the digital face to facing and you know virtual doing stuff so like people are doing virtual medicine virtual education virtual like uh exercise and yoga class virtual you know everything is like so and everybody's had to do it all at once and learn it and figure it out and establish protocols and the, learn the technology like but there's going to be whole but like, new businesses well yeah it's like we're, we're we're going through it so fast everybody's learning we're figuring out the best way to do things at a at a we're speeding up 50, you know, what, what would have taken 20 years to get to this level of the whole country knowing how to do FaceTime, right? Like, of course, everybody knows right. how to do FaceTime. Well, not actually. Like, parents, yeah. the older generation, like, everybody is knows how to do FaceTime now in a second, right? And so afterwards, the, the penetration of that sort of know-how is just at such a new level. And the acceptance of it and the the... The, the, the willingness to do it, like people are the willingness to do like online medicine and online teaching and learning, probably at an all-time high after the fact, right? And so I would expect yeah. 
you know, and, and white collar workers, right? White collar workers will have worked from home remotely for months now. Like, how many of them are going to want to go back to the office? Well, I think a lot, a lot of people will miss the office, but also, a lot of people have established that they can do their job remotely. And you know, once you get, once you start working from home, and the good things of of life come from at home, kind of return. Like, you can go for walks, you can go to the bar, you can you're in your neighborhood. Like, I bet that the amount of remote work that is done in the white collar workforce will will you know skyrocket. After after the fact, there's just going to be like not that many people are going to return permanently to the office. Well, I think a lot of people will, obviously, but it won't return to that same level that it was pre pre COVID. I mean, there's no chance. Yeah, there's I no think, chance, uh, and and I think it's like uh, you know, you know, same with a, online education and everything. It's yeah, it's a huge normal. It normalizes the work from mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the virtual everything, not just work yeah. from home, but you know, anything. The di- you know yeah. the the face. T- so I think that's huge. I, you know, I, I would be curious, you know, I think there is something to be said for generational moments and not, maybe not generational, but like yeah. nation, nation and global, global, global moments in the consciousness of everybody, you know, everybody has this imprinted on their brains. You're not going to forget this. And so when you go about your day to day life, you're going to think about, you know, when, when it hit, who did I want to be with? Where did I want to be? Who were the people that were close to me? How do I reorganize my life around those things? And I think, uh, you know, that's something that I've taken away from this personally. And I, I, I would imagine, you know, most people, one way or the other, have to have to think about. Um, and that's good. That's good for people. That's good. I, yeah, I think, I th- yeah, I do. I do think that is a great, like, you know, reawakening of that, of that idea. Yeah. Um, you know, at terrible cost. Ideally, you know, you, you don't have to have this terrible cost, both human health costs and also like you know economic yeah. health to a lot of people but um i, I just like i think that's the way i yeah the way i look at this sort of stuff and and for for better or worse my personality is such that i really love thinking about long-term trends and shifts in a lot of different arenas and you know so i'm i love making um you know trying my best to be like where do i think things are going as a society or economically or whatever and you do too i mean that's why we talk all the time that's why we talk well sometimes i think you I, sometimes i think you get a little too far out i think your yeah, horizon yeah. is like you have like a a distant horizon and i have more of a you have a much medium. more like yeah for sure <laughs> but whatever longer you think on a longer timeline than i think most people but i, I think it's important in, in any case i am I think it, especially during this time, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think during this time with like all the stuff you're talking about, um, social benefits uh, that could come out of this or economic uh, changes or shifts or political mm-hmm. shifts that come out of this type of mm-hmm. event, I think are really meaningful and impactful on the individual life lifetime. Within my lifetime, I'm living through it and experiencing it. And it's I just find it fascinating to look backwards and see who else went through similar types of things or different types of things and even more interesting to look forwards. And I, that's why I think it's so fun and, and easy to just rip on the, the negative effects on the economy uh, as we did last time, because uh, this is an absolute nightmare. I mean, it's just like unequivocal nightmare for the global economy well, and for like, like global, it's the single like, biggest contraction of all time. It has this to is be, like, right? great, yeah, great depression level, I think still. So well, I, I think Great Depression. I mean, depre- the Great Depression was the Great Depression because it, of the duration, you know, the depth yeah. and the duration. I I don't think, 
ever in the Great Depression was there a contraction of economic activity at this, you know, at this scale. And it hasn't this, happened yet. At and speed. Hold on. So, so hold on. So I, I'll let's, let's talk about the economics really. Like I, I want to go in on the economy okay, okay. where you we'll think shit's going. But I just want to put a pin that, in that. Like that's just as I can, I think we can like easily like laugh and, and just shit on the effects on the economy. I think it is super important to point out like positive type trends that are happening or could happen in other arenas. Because I just think people are getting, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm just like reading all this negative shit every day. Is is anxiety inducing, and I normally don't have anxiety about like global geopolitics or anything. I normally just find it sort of absurd and funny. But this COVID shit and this economic downturn that's coinciding with it, and the current administration, and just the the whole mix of everything that's happening right now, good and bad, is a lot to take in as an individual. And just sort it's, of okay. So do I like for you? It's like do I put out a resume now, or like how do I live my life in response to these? these huge trends that are playing out across the globe and what everyone's talking about and living through. It's insane. It's, it, it certainly feels very end times esque. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it's for sure, you know, and, and in some, in some ways I think we have this morbid fascination with it. It's like, Oh my gosh, yeah. this is the most fascinating, most interesting time. I, you know, thing we've ever had the chance to talk about. Um, yeah. but yeah, certainly yeah, I, I, it swings. It's for me personally. It swings where I'm at some times. I'm like, this is great. I, you know, I, I, it's. I see a path forward. You know, for when this ends, I can kind of like set myself up in, in my mental frame and like see myself through this. And then sometimes it's just like you said. It's it's overwhelming. Uh, thinking about the indefinite future of what this is, and like, there's just no way to. There's no way to break out of this the current paradigm and so personally yeah the anxiety associated with that i you know I, luckily for me i'm so isolated that when i was in new york new york it was you know much more in the air it was much more claustrophobic yeah. the ambient anxiety just uh was was i don't know it's it's on you know ne i've never felt anything like that just walking along the street every you know there's other people out walking kind of out all everyone's in isolation but people are walking their dogs or whatever and like maintaining social distance but and just like the anxiety that you can feel coming from every quarter from every person from every eye you know every eye contact you make was was insane and now i'm you know the closest person to me is probably a mile away um if that did you hear how did you notice and, uh, how you just it's threw very out different word? uh did you sorry did you notice that you just threw out the phrase social distancing like very casually and yeah. like, just like whenever we last recorded, which I believe was still in March, I think it was like yeah. early March. That um, wasn't, that we wasn't like, in the lexicon yet. No, we didn't, we didn't even know those words. We didn't even yeah. really know those and, words. And, and now it's just, it's beaten it, into you everywhere. Well, and, and it's worse well, also like the altar of social distance. And, and also the flat, the curve, right? Like everybody flatten instantly, everyone loved e that. Yeah. instantly everyone knew, understood. There was like, boom, flatten the curve. And, you know, driving through New York before I left. Um, all the all the over over highway signs that are like digital, so they can put messages. Usually, it's like traffic or stuff like that. Um, they all say "Stay home, save lives." Hashtag flatten the curve. That's across wow. every every digital billboard everywhere. That's what it was saying. That was the message, um, which was also just like crazy. You know, you're like driving around, and that's what's there. It's 
again, uh, end times feels like the end times, or it feels like something that straight out of a movie or a TV show or yeah. I do. When I looked out on the street, it does just feel very cinematic, and I don't know what it is about it. I think it is just I'm mapping that on uh, to what I'm watching, but there I don't know that it's like I can physically see it in people walking around because I can you know people are still out here same thing walking their dogs going getting little errands it hasn't like well it's a combination of both those things where it's the intensity is there the intensity of this moment is there everybody feels it but at the same time because of this isolation it's like this I've got time to kill I'm just watch I'm binge watching movie and like like I don't know people are just drinking and hanging out and like killing time it's it's like lazy the lazy it's that you know there's like this combination uh combination effect that is very kind of whiplash for your your internal compass so i don't know what the weather is like up there but here you know it's been i I didn't know what to trust me with austin weather but (laughs) it's been like you know little rainy in the morning and then like 70 degrees and sunny every day and so i'm sitting i'll sit on my terrace (laughs) in like shorts and i'll just look out and there's this beautiful texas sky it's there's less pollution because there's no one driving and there's Mm -hmm. some people walking around but like nice little sunset and it's really idyllic and just tranquil and beautiful and i look at my phone and it's just like every uh oh we've hit another circuit breaker on on wall street so uh you know yeah every company is worth 90 percent of what it was five minutes ago every you know? major and industry needs a bailout yeah every ma- industry needs a bailout trump's tweeting shit and holding press conferences and uh you know unemployment at a home. unemployment at never before seen levels dude or jobless time, claims yeah the graphs on the jobless claims when you look historically at like when that's, the last yeah. peak was like 600,000 during 2008 at 1. 600,000 jobless claim jobless claims came in and then you're just like oh yeah 10 million in in 2 weeks cool well yeah that's what i'm saying that's that's the if we're gonna, we we can get into the economics but yeah sure well i'll yeah, say just no, just on the, on the on the yeah. on the note of weather yeah uh, it's 30s maybe 40s rain no. sleet and uh snow and the lake here has the ice just has kind of broken up and started to flow out on the lake um over the last few oh, days so i've been watching it live up there anymore i'm so happy and, uh, i've never made it that far north but there's there's uh, well because when i left new york it was spring like you know you saw the trees yeah. blooming like it was beautiful and i think maine's probably where i'm in maine is probably about a month behind i'm guessing so i think it was probably another two weeks before i get uh there's not even a hint of bloom on like the on the uh, deciduous trees, like you're not even starting to see it. So it's probably another week or two before we start to get any kind of hint of spring here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not not. But you know, it does quiet. I got a sunrise uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, and it was beautiful. Yeah. So again, I you know I'm I'm not I'm self isolating at a whole different level, like you said, uh, yeah. Walden Pond beyond Walden Pond level. Well, I will. I just want to. I want to say one funny story. I heard a friend, uh, this friend of mine, uh, Tom. I'll just give him a shout out. Shout out. He was telling me. I, I gave. I was talking to him on the phone yesterday, and he's in New York. He's in like I don't know. I, don't, I guess I won't give the neighborhood away. But he's in Manhattan, and uh, we were we were talking, and I was like, "Oh, how's your apartment?" He's like, "Oh, did you mean prison cell?" And <laughs> he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "I actually lost track of time while I was like working from home and ended up staying in this room for five days straight." He didn't leave his apartment for five days straight, which yeah, is well, 
Honestly, I'm worried. I mean, you're not, I know that's probably, you probably need to leave your house for firewood or some shit, but I will say that you will experience a similar level of isolation up there. So, you know, write some fucking poetry or something because you're going to get, uh, it's going to get Dude, weird I got, there by yourself. I had the weirdest sleep yesterday. I was having the craziest dreams and I was like, okay, I need to go make contact with other people. So I drove down to my family's house and like did that socially distancing yeah. hello because they, they live about 45 minutes south of here. And so I went and saw them because yesterday evening and through last night, I had like this like totally bizarre and I was like, I feel like I'm going crazy. Like, um, and that's only been, it was only six days of not seeing anybody. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can, I, I went, you know, I go canoeing, uh, go canoeing, I had a canoe, I, I go for walks yourself, in the woods. Though? Yeah. You know, it's fun. Yeah. Cut firewood, uh, got lots of wood to like lumber to cut up here. And so yeah, I got, stuff I think to do you're going to, you're going to write the, the next great American novel. If you do this for, <laughs> if you do this for a month, you're, some cool shit is going to come out of that. Cabin well, you would hope, moment. you would hope that's, that's yeah. also, it's a, it creates a little bit of anxiety because it's like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, like you said, it seems like perfect conditions to make some great, produce something good. And, uh, so it's like, Oh shit, I got, I'm wasting my time now. <laughs> I, I I feel I feel the pressure to produce. Um, so we'll see. I think you got you know let that pressure dissipate for like a few weeks because it's just that's like leftover cog residue. You gotta yeah. wait for the, like the grease to like come out, leave your body from the machine, and then yeah. once you've like freed up a little bit and just just like have fun with the shit you like normally have fun with, and you'll just do more of it and you'll get good at it, and then it'll be something great will come out. Like whatever that thing is, I think you know just enjo- enjoying that tranquility and. Don't let the anxiety of the, you know, I got to produce some, like, you know, some amazing really quickly. I feel like that's really hard. I mean, at least in the artistic space, I don't, I don't, you know, consider myself an artist at all. But anytime I try to like draw or do anything, like, uh, I just do dumb shit because it's, it's easier to just take the pressure off and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to have fun with this. And, you know, I guess if you do that for enough time and, and you haven't got a lot of time, you know, and you're having fun with whatever the fuck you're doing, you'll just naturally just get fucking great at it. It's just like hours of, of work that goes into that's, stuff. That's the hope. I, I think, I think, which leads to another point about the, the COVID pandemic, which is I'm, I'm super excited to see the art that comes out of this. Oh, I, yeah. Long you know, cause, you know, Short to market, long on art. Just sure. in terms of the cultural response, and uh, and obviously you know you're gonna see like movies and documentaries about all this, you know, right for sure. There's gonna be novels, you know, there's gonna be the nonfictions, um, the the non make 'em ups about this, where people try to like tell the story of yeah. tell the story quote quote factually, um, and Dude, uh, so there's gonna be that have, stuff. We have to live long enough to get into one of those documentaries. We got it, but do uh. It. But uh, as the old man being like, oh yeah, I remember. I would look out at my terrace at the stressed people. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think I think you know, which is you know, so whatever many months this last, and uh, you know, it's been a month. It's probably going to be at least another month. It could, it could, you know, social restrictions of some sort could realistically, in my view, last for three, four, five, six months. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, schools don't return next fall, this upcoming fall. Like I, I, I mean, that's that's maybe a little bullish, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. So there's just this huge gap of time where, like, artists. I was thinking musicians. Like they're not, they can't go into the studio. They can't go into the studio and record and make music. Now, if they have a home studio, they can, but they can't go in with their posse and with their people. The band can't get together and record. You know, uh, 
So, you know, that's just music. So presumably they're going to be at home writing music. And they're going to be at home writing and composing music and writing down lyrics and whatever. In in the state of self-isolation, this this, this whole thing yeah. that we've been talking about. And yeah. I'm just, fa- you know, the language, just the specific the language, right? Like w- words like quarantine and isolation and, and dis- social distancing and pandemic. Like that's going to be like, those are going to have to make their way into the lyrics some way, somehow, right? And just the, yeah. the aesthetic the the ambient aesthetic of this of the music and the that gets produced, you know, it starts to it probably starts to filter out, but like it's going to be interesting to see. And then of course, visual any sort of visual art, any sort of uh, literary you know, work, literary, yeah, liter- you know. So I I think that's going to be because you know you don't often get a moment like this in which the whole world experiences the same thing, and that and you can kind of see like a statistically significant which is a math term but in, in the in the realm of culture like where you can set like attribute a bunch of work to a single moment right across yeah lots of all the artists are experiencing this i don't care what artist you are what realm of media you produce where you are what your style what your aesthetic what your technique yeah. is yeah what your medium is everybody's experiencing this 100%. and everybody's feeling it in a, in a way that is not all that dissimilar whether you're rich, whether you're poor, everybody's feeling this, and so you don't often get a a moment where you can like trace all the art to. I think you know. I think we talked about like nine eleven would be something where nine eleven and the ensuing kind of moments maybe were the last time we had something as a nation, let alone as a globe. That feels so small as a nation. compared to this. Yeah, I don't know if exactly. That's just the passage of time. It might just be the passage of time, and also, you know, we were we were younger, right? We were we yeah, were much younger, yeah. so we couldn't I, I'd feel it as adults. But yeah, That's this true. is going to be fascinating to see what comes out of it from a that that kind of production artistic production standpoint. And um, you know, maybe it won't be anything. Maybe you won't even it, it won't register as a blip. And you look at all the stuff that gets. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if you do. You know, people people often yeah. attribute. Like the '90s, right? People talk about, "Ooh, the '90s were this moment," and as a country, culturally, where were we? And then you you look at the music that was produced, and people like you know <clears throat> critics, and they attribute facets of the culture to that music or as reactions to that culture or whatever. All the you know that's how that's kind of how when you think about art, it's always in response or as a, in a relationship to where the culture is. And but that was. That's like the scattered day-to-day life of like a culture at any given moment, right? And now we have this moment where there's six months where the whole world is in the same boat as global pandemic. Like, what's yeah. going to happen? Like, I mean, artistically, I, what's going to happen? It's exciting. If uh, the the corona pandemic was a Spotify genre, which one would it be? <laughs> I, have no, I don't know. I'm not on Spotify. I don't know the genres. Well, you know. What would you, how would you like, describe the aesthetic that's going to come out of this the, musically? Are you thinking a little? Like, oh, I, dude, I saw I'm thinking something a little greeny because there's dude, something surreal about an empty dude, world that's innocent. I saw, I, I saw, uh, I saw a post on House. on Reddit. I have to give a shout out to it. Uh, there was like, and the the Grammy Award for uh, a record of the year for 2020 goes to Lo-Fi Hip Hop Beats to study <laughs> study and uh, and chill out to whatever that whatever that classic yeah. playlist is right yeah. lo-fi hip-hop beats to study and relax to uh because it's like yeah everybody's like putting that on and like everybody's yeah. whatever um it's hilarious yeah. so that it, maybe it's lo-fi lo-fi hip-hop beats to study and uh 
study and relax do is the is the winning but well, yeah we'll see well, uh, so yeah, so you're long on art. What do you do? You, we, let's let's talk about the economy at large and then the stock market in particular, because I know I've, you're 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 heavy on the stock market. I could care less about the stock market, but yeah, I mean, I, I all I know is that it, at one point we lost every all the gains that were made during the Trump presidency, right? That's like a, yeah. a landmark we hit, which is stunning, right? We've had two years of running up, so that's two years of gains gone in a moment. Yeah, uh, and 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 it's since it's since he's back back up and then come back down. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Him personally, you know that is, you know that grinds his gears. Yeah, that that crushes him spiritually. But uh, he's been you know sort of quiet on that. But yeah, so that it just erased like, you know, really four years of gains I saw. I mean, yeah. it, it's okay. It was like back to like his election. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, since his Trump did, presidency, like, which I guess now. Yeah. Is, Three and a half years, four, yeah. Yeah, three and a half years. Yeah, it was like the since the election. So, I mean, but he, uh, you know, I mean, it's bounced back a little bit soon, and and really, it's just it hasn't, the pain hasn't really been felt from like a economic standpoint. We saw well, and this, the, the big statistical, you know, like we haven't seen like GD, you know, the big data numbers haven't come out. Yes, we're starting to see the jobless claims, which we talked about are huge, but you know, the the numbers on output haven't showed up yet, and. Uh, Oh yeah, God, the hit to and revenue, dude, all the all the calls, uh, the like corp, earnings, yeah. earnings calls and stuff, where companies are just going to be telling analysts on the phone, like, "Yeah, we just don't have supply lines anymore. Like, we're yeah. they're all gone. We've lost sixty percent of our supply. So, uh, how do we build this machine, or how do we make this drug, or how do we do anything? We're not getting anything for any chemicals from India. We're missing this key, like set of labor, you know, in whatever. Country. And oh yeah, all and oh yeah, demand doesn't exist you know yeah, for, yeah no one's unless anything. it's medical supplies it demand has ceased to exist yeah uh, yeah I, I mean there there's like you know obviously this isn't the case in all industries i mean like grocery stores right now are, right. are obviously yeah. killing it but uh you know across the board in most of the economy um you know we're a service-based economy and a lot of we stop serving each other really for this when you get when you get shut into yeah. your, your home you're not engaging in a lot of services you know what i mean so like there's no vacations there's no flights there's no s consumer spending on on any like cheap things or expensive things because you don't know if you're mm -hmm. gonna have a job so people are just hoarding you know money and just hoping to pay down debts and stuff um and so that's just happening in real time but the numbers that you're talking about haven't registered that like crisis that's happening in like individual homes across the country slowly and it's just going to accelerate right like a, like from a when you look at like the, the timeline on what we've been going through it's you know starting in january or late december whenever like china got their first case yeah so the first it was the china slowed out and then that we kind of felt the ripples of that in our economy yeah, and but that was like oh okay whatever, and then it we well, it was the shut the shutdown. So New York, and, I mean, New York and California sh shut down, and that's half the country's economy maybe or something like you know it's like yeah. to not you know New York and California have huge productive you know outputs, and then I don't know if has Texas other bars and restaurants all closed in Texas. Uh, so in Austin they are they like you know you can do takeout at restaurants because I mean just from a supply chain perspective you know most Americans I think the the numbers are most Americans eat out more than they cook at home I think like right. majority in the country so, and again so, that like, points to why the, the grocery yeah, stores are grocery stores are running out of food because we don't have like half of our food goes to retail distributors 
you know, uh, and goes to like McDonald's, half of the like literal agricultural uh, produce and and like you know, yeah, yeah, meat yeah. industry, all that stuff. Half of it goes to restaurants, half of it goes to grocery stores. People have been raiding the grocery stores, but restaurants are going to need to stay open. But yeah, so in Texas though, it hasn't been made. It's not the whole state hasn't shut down yet, and there's been some, you know, a lot of like angry writing about that in you know your the publications you'd expect um and it's yeah i mean i but they're going to because every state is going to you know every state is going to have to just completely shut down and so while it's we're now living through the new york the rise of the cases in new york it hasn't even peaked in new york yet but presumably new york's going to be one of the first cities to be on the other side of this it's still going to be hitting you know Mississippi, Alabama, like Minnesota, like every, Florida. Really every state, every state, even your town up in Maine. I mean, it's just, it's, there's no, there's no way that we're going to, the social distancing is going to eliminate the number of cases. You know, that's when the flatten the curve sh- shit, like people talk about, yeah, it'll, we don't want to, you know, surpass hospital capacity here. And that's obviously a super important goal, um, you know, societally, just to like, so we can keep as many help as many people through this as possible. But but it does even, extend the timeline. That's the it that's extends the, the timeline, and, and which is it, you let your guard down, and you get second wave, third wave. You know, so well they're like, gonna have to. What you know, when they when they when you get over the curve and you start to register, maybe like a week or two weeks of declining cases, right? They're gonna slowly say, okay, let's open up this, right? Like let's yeah. like adjust that gauge where which we're tightening and or loosening you know, social interaction, and eventually they're going to start loosening it. And of course, cases are going to pop back up and, and they're going to like, you know, it's going to be like this feathering between social distance and restarting the economy for months, right? It's not going to be like, okay, we're done. It's going to be like, it's going to be this slow return to normalcy on the, on the pandemic side for six months, eight, you know, 12 months, right? And, and then let alone getting the economy. Yeah, wound back up again. Which is why I think you know you and I are both of the like very strong opinion and have been for some time that the only real solution to a problem of this scale is to elect Joe Biden as the next president because there's really no one better equipped to deal with, uh, you know, a crumbling global economy and massive pandemic, uh, and the beginnings of uh, another Great Depression than uh, Uncle Joe. So. That's, I, you know, that's what I'm looking for. So, so I haven't so seen well him, put. Though, so well I put. I haven't seen him on the the airwaves. Has, uh, has he made? Has he made a public appearance? I don't. Right? Like uh, he's. It's yeah. right. Like, like he, a he basically type of, of silent leadership. You know that and, he's uh, just a and Bernie still has Bernie hasn't dropped out. You know, so the 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 Democratic primary is still in play, theoretically. Um, I think Bernie's like all right. There's a fifty fifty chance like Joe contracts covid and uh keels over uh, so <laughs> he's only that, but you know he did it's true also, right he also just got a sexual assault alleg- alle- like yeah incredible sexual assault allegation levied against him from his which is a whole nother realm of i just love it right you have all the the spicy venomous just you know wound up punditry and commentary and and venom associated with around the pandemic right people left and right you know democrat republican whatever just going at it bing 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 full speed and then you just like toss in sexual assault case against democratic primary presumptive nominee like toss that in and it's just like oh yeah add fuel to the fire 
Uh, yeah. So now that yeah, de- the no Bernie, the Bernie, the Bernie, the Bernie people and the Biden people are just hammering each other over that. I'm not sure if you're following it, but they are going at it over that. Um, because over the sexual assault allegation. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's, I haven't, I haven't followed that. All I well because because yeah. it was it was broke by Bernie people. I mean, it wasn't not by his campaign, but it was by um, a, I think a you know, a show or a podcaster or, you know, a reporter or journalist who's like a very, you know, explicitly pro Bernie reporter or something. And um so it you know, they brought she brought it to light and uh you know, I I, I haven't read anything about the allegation itself. I have been bothered. Oh, I it's um, horrific. Yeah. And it's yeah, and it's just like but of course it's it's political fire, right? It's it's an absolute and of course, the Republicans are jumping on it, going, "Why isn't the media covering it?" Kavanaugh hearings, double so, standards. I, and, I, saw, I saw some like uh, Reddit meme mocking mocking this, and you know, it was just it was a satirical sort of comment in a thread or something. But it was about it was just contrasting Joe Biden to Donald Trump on like a few basic metrics of like personal ethics, um, and you know, whatever corruption at some level, and. I don't see how they're that dissimilar. They're both like at the same age of the same generation. Donald Trump's just been in the financial and sort of media world and Biden's been in in the creepier in many ways political world, just like taking, doing what they need to, to like climb to the top of the pile. They both have like corruption, you know, in the Ukraine uh, (laughs) from like in multiple. No, 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 no. I I don't know if you follow the Ukraine thing, but, uh, uh, the Democratic Party and all the media outlets told me that uh, the Biden didn't absolutely nothing wrong at all. Oh yeah, there no, was no right. corruption. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, so Biden has nothing to do with uh, Ukraine. I, I shouldn't, in fact, be spreading that conspiracy. Theory. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was Hunter. Hunter Biden is, in fact, his son and did, in fact, get that gig. Um, but yeah, nothing going on there. So I'm not sure what you're talking about yeah. yeah but i mean so they both have that they both have credible sexual assault allegations against them yeah um neither of them i believe can really articulate more than a, a few sentences at a time um, i'm honestly i think trump is uh, is a more effective more communicator by far do you th- he's, do you a, he's, he's a more, more effective communicator speaker? i'm not sure about eloquent but he gets he, his message across to his yeah, people 100%. right whereas biden i don't think can actually formulate a single like Sometimes you see him and he can't actually get the, you know, he, he, he's not, he can't even affect, it's not that he's ineloquent, he's ineffective at communicating his message. Whereas Trump is, you know, we all, I don't even have to describe it, but the fact is his message gets across, right? We all know how he gets it across, but the fact is he gets it across to his people. And his and message is generally just a vague emotional sentiment more than anything else. It's really because yeah. he's not giving you, you facts, he's not giving you information yeah. to act on. So he's mostly just giving you like. That's the problem with Biden. He's trying to he's trying to you know articulate complex ideas that I think he does have in his head, um, but you know They're the, in there the, the, but I don't know. the gears the gears are just not. You know it's 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 pretty it's painful to watch honestly it's it's kind of um. Dude, when Painful. he was talking about his, what he should, what Trump should have done for coronavirus, he was like, uh, "I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you know, I would have done, and, and you know, I've been in the Situation Room, and I'd be in the, the room, and I tell, I tell China, we need to have our people over there, you know, and we need to have people there. We should have had people over there months ago, and just you, you got to get people over there, and that was the and uh, and he, yeah, and it's just what, what, 
But yeah, so... What are you saying? What is, what is your... <laughs> you're saying we just need to send people to China? It's remarkable that the Democrats are in this position. I think... I think it's a disaster, right? This is a disaster. I mean, Can obviously, there's a global. The there's a global. Uh, oh, oh, wait! Did you read? Did you end up reading it? No, of course I didn't. I just. The okay, but yeah, what do you? I don't even know what the headline is. But basically, the headline is Joe Biden just stay alive because, and someone someone with the balls to finally put it out there, which is everybody knows it, which is Joe Biden, you're useless. Honestly, on a factual basis, we just need you not to die so we can run you as our candidate and beat Trump. Any other analysis beyond that is superficial, and there's no other qualifying reasons for you to be our nominee or the president, uh, except for the fact that you're not Donald Trump and you're not Bernie Sanders. Love the Democratic establishment. Um, and someone wrote it in the Atlantic, and it's true. I mean, like, it, what's hilarious about it is that she just had the balls, I think it was a woman who wrote it, had the balls to write it down and put it out there in a major news article, honestly. Um, whereas nobody else has been willing to actually say that. Um, I, I assume and of course the, the piece was just filled with like thoughtful, uh, thoughtful like descriptions of his calm leadership and how the, really the, no, the, no, best, no. the best leaders will uh, hide in a bunker until the election. That's the the best form of leadership that we can expect from someone right now. No, no, no they she this person, this writer didn't even bother to defend, defend it. I yeah. I think she, it was it was honest. I mean, it was good. It was it was true. It was like, yeah, he's not really articulate. He can't really formulate sentences. He's clearly aging. Even if you even if you set all those things aside as a candidate, he's not that great. He's not a good campaigner. His his policy ideas are stale. Uh, his ability to inspire is limited. You know, <laughs> he's got all sorts of baggage. Yeah, it's like yeah, but he's not Donald Trump and he's not Bernie, and he is a he is a unity candidate for better or for worse. He is a unity candidate of the Democratic Party. At least a large chunk of it, a, a, apparently a large majority of it's, it. Right? It's literally a figurehead, um, though, right? Like, yeah, he's, no, he's, and, I mean, and she just had, people are and she wrote it, and she said, and she said, yeah, just don't die. That's all we need from you, dude. Just don't die. And what and, happens? Uh, Is that really what kind type of government we run now? I mean, just think about the well, implications of that on like. Uh, just from a, like a capital D democracy level. I mean, the fact is that like we're willing. Well, to I like it. I think the the presidency should be should be. Uh, I mean, I'm all for basically reducing the power of the presidency, and, you know. So put an incompetent in there and let the Democratic uh, let, let Congress run the show for a term. Oh yeah, they'll uh, do a great job. I, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Can we take Listen, a moment to I just mean, reflect? You, on? you are not you're not a fan of Donald Trump. Like, I think you will buy the argument. I, mean, I think you would buy that, right? You're like, yeah. I, oh, I will I'll vote glad- Biden over Trump. Yeah, 100. Gladly, yeah, right, gladly. So it, and if I'm in, she's yeah, I'm just in Texas too. So I actually have like an obligation well, too. I think. I, what's more interesting is just the fact that uh, it's the fact it's like what's what's I think that's the interesting is is how did we as Democrats if you you know if you I'm not going to say we but if you're a Democrat you can say we how did we as Democrats uh, how did we get here like, how did we let this happen how did we let, you know and uh, you know I put, thought this I, was okay it felt like there was no i mean he was like, I, yeah, I personally would put a ton of a ton of blame on bernie right i'll i'll, I'll happily put a ton of blame on bernie on bernie um, why well, I, I would i think sense? you know bernie if bernie hadn't run uh 
the the need to have Biden as your candidate would have been mitigated, right? Uh, you you might maybe there was maybe there was you know if Bernie had it one run, then Warren would have been the progressive candidate, and Warren is a was a candidate that I think probably could have. So it if she like was the left, put the blame on on Warren for not running a better campaign. I would. I mean, I'll, I'll listen. I, she you, was there. I've she dinged, was. She was like I've third place. Warren. I've dinged. I've dinged Warren left and right. Right. I totally. And she, you know, she has her flaws, but she wasn't as compelling as a left wing candidate as Bernie was. Obviously. Yeah. And I mean, clearly not. No, nothing. Nothing is authentic. But if Bernie wasn't running, then she would have been the leftmost candidate, and so she wouldn't. You know, she would have had a whole different host of problems. I don't know. That's that's one thing I'll say. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I think it's it's an interesting discussion. And I think I could argue the point, but like the question is, how did we get here? And, how did we get here? And and honestly, can I just zoom out even from just like the primary because the primary feels a little irrelevant. It's at the general election is I think what I'm looking forward to in that space with like Trump destroying Biden in debates. Um, but uh, just shredding him. Uh, that being said, I think like just zooming out a bit from the Democratic election, looking at like the leaders right now of of the world, uh, of all the various little kingdoms on the planet. Look at who's mm-hmm. running the show in all these little principalities from China to Germany to like the UK to here. And you look at the collection that the United States has right now. Uh, obviously, we got Biden. The senior, le- like, the senior political leadership of the country, right? Yeah, and you look at you look at Biden, who's obviously gunning Just for to out take off Trump. the names. Yeah, but take so off Bi- the names. Biden versus Trump is who we have to guide us through this next chapter in American history. Really, realistically, yeah. and and below can, that. The, the, Below the that second is, tier, though. Yeah, so the second tier is just as, as absurd. So Mike Pence at, a, at VP, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell. You look at this group of, like, 80-year-olds. <laughs> You've got – just in case you really need some outstanding character and integrity and, like, political visionary. Mitch McConnell I didn't even mention. Jesus Christ. Yeah. In the House, you've got Adam Schiff. <laughs> I don't even know. Who else runs the House? Adam Schiff, AOC – Oh, who's on the Republicans in the House? I don't even Dude, know. Like, well, hold on. Let me just even push back. And this may this may be a hot take, but I would much rather have an AOC involved in like really heavy political decisions than this current group. And I know that might sound crazy because yeah. she has zero experience in like legislating or participating in something of this scale. And she's obviously very young and doesn't know what solution and, is right. And, but what I trust that leading. AOC would do is like literally at, would would, would pr- Bring like an intensity and attention, and uh, like an energy to the yeah. crisis at oh, yeah. hand that is desperately needed. I think she would certainly delegate to scientists and authorities, and and you know when I say authorities, I mean like you know subject matter experts on epidemiology, economic policy, whatever, and would really defer to the experts and pull a lot of their knowledge together. I think that she has that capacity. When I look at Nancy Pelosi, or I look at Donald Trump, Jesus Christ, the ability. Well, like Nancy Pelosi and McConnell and all those, they were just they were like business as usual they, playing they got little nothing. Ha- the games, they got in, no the, games in the house. They got no skin just, in the game. You know, it's like these just, are people who just collecting checks from lobbyists for like the last. And they're still just years. like they're still doing their t- their tactical games and trying to like set themselves up for like the next election round of elections. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like. The way yeah, they were I mean, like, I, I mean, there is that age aspect for sure. It's just like, but it's this, not just this, age. It's also just decades of corruption. It's also just affluence. And well, like just a failure having, of like, 
the ethic of the of the elite class at, that's at the top tier of American political leadership who are running the country. You know, at the end of the day, these are the people that are running the country. However, they ended up there, they're running yeah. the country, and it's going to be some one way or the other. There's going to be some group of elite people running the country, and so you look at the the the, the, caliber. the talent. The yeah. caliber of people we have there, and it's yeah. dispiriting. Yeah, it is dispiriting. And um, I mean, I would love a Bezos in there. I would love a. I would love even like a crazy ass Elon Musk. I would love Elon Musk smoking blunts and brainstorming like solutions to the pandemic. I think that would be a more effective allocation of like the state. This or the state would be able to allocate resources more effectively. Whether however you feel about you know political economy. You know, I just think like if you look at our leadership and the response of our government and contrast it to like South Korea, contrast it to China, contrast it to even like, I don't know. Oh, it's not even just the pandemic. It's even the, it's just the, it's the economics afterward. It's it's the it's the million problems that the country, you know, it's the 21st century. OK, like dealing with the 21st century. These um, are not the people. These are not this is not the A squad. This is not who you want to send in to like deal with like this moment of history. We don't have an yeah. FDR here. We don't have a Churchill. I'm looking around and like, there's no, there's no like. The talent is just subpar. It's just. Yeah. Dr- and you, you honestly you know, hate to see it. You hate to see it. This is like you some, hate, like some just, Emperor no, Nero of go, Rome shit. Going back to the primary though, it's like, I felt like there was some talent in the primary, right? Like. You know, Warren's got some talent. I think like Klobuchar has got some talent. You know, I mean, there are people who like have who have like, built a little more say. character. You yeah. know, yeah. I, I I I do think, for example, like, Ka- like Kamala of, Harris. Like, I don't even think like you know. I think she was. I, there was nothing. There was. I'm trying to think who else was there. There was. Uh, like it looked. Like, I, it, just, it felt like most of the younger people that were in the primary, they were just younger versions of these people that we have now, right? Like, they were just, like, people that hadn't been there as long. They were younger, they were youthful, they were fresh faces, but by and large, uh, they were just, like, if you gave them the time and space and the years in the Senate and the House or wherever they they reside politically, they would end up as the class of people. They were built of the same materials of the class as the class of people that we are in, are in charge now, and that's why it was really so inspiring. I will, I will say, my, my girl Tulsi aside... <laughs> she's you know she has her flaws but she certainly was not one of them uh one of that group of people yeah Um, we'll see we'll see i don't know maybe not she was out of the mold for sure and she flamed out you know so maybe the country wasn't ready for her but can um, you imagine if like so let's just swap just just as a little like like game just swap out trump right now with like one of these candidates put them in trump's position of like the stock market's crashing the economy is crumbling uh at a really core level in ways that we haven't seen since the Great Depression, uh, and we're just at the beginning. The virus hasn't peaked yet, uh, and you got an election coming up. Like swap in Mayor Pete right now. How do you think Mayor Pete's doing? Now, I, I mean, I, if I would guess, I would say like maybe he makes he defers to some experts, and like we get more testing out because you were mentioning even earlier that there's no testing available still. It's like it's a shit show. But you know, maybe some things would be done more efficiently. But Mayor Pete in front of the nation trying to alleviate you know, provide some sort of like comfort and stability and leadership in this, at a time like this. I, I, I think he brings negative comfort to the stage, TBH. I think like you put him in those microphones and stand him on a little box or something. And I think people walk away like the world's going to end. I can't trust this I, guy. I, like, I don't know. I, I feel like he would do, he would do a better job than Trump. I mean, just a basic like crisis management. Let, have you seen Trump's poll numbers have gone up to like 60% yeah. on 
on how he's yeah. handling Corona. Yeah, I know. It's, it's mind-boggling. But I, people you just know, want, I, like, a lot of people just want that guy to just be like, everything's going to be fine. Listen, we got great numbers. Yeah. It'd be great to get this shit out of the way by Easter. Right, like, just from a bureaucratic management of, like, he did McKinsey, like, he knows, like, best practices. I'm like, get, get like, correct order, like, chains of command and, like, you know, get resources to where they need to be. I probably, he probably would have yeah. done a better job on that front. Yeah, he would Maybe not it. at, maybe not, uh, Maybe not communicating to the people the way they want to be communicated to, evidently. Um, yeah. But yes, I mean, trolls' po- poll numbers are up. Troll- trolls' poll numbers are up. What does that mean? I mean, I agree. So we're gonna get four to, more years to, to, of Trump, dude. I don't, I don't know how else to right? process like, this. It, you know, yeah. it's yeah. I, I he's running against Joe. He's running against Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden has not. He, I, where is he? Where is he right now? Where's Joe Biden right now? I don't know where he's at. He hasn't been communicating with anyone. He's supposed, he's well, I've heard. I, I read a piece. I read a piece that there, you know, some set, some you know writer was like, we got to figure out how to get Cuomo, as our nominee, because, you know, he he apparently, you know, he's. I think he's getting pretty good, you know, plaudits for, you know, being yeah. a, a serious source of leadership. If you know, if not, if not perfect. I think that's just political. I've never been a fan of. Honestly, I think that's just political masturbation. There's no way Cuomo could just come in right now and just like jump in and just be like, "Oh, I'm going to be the Democratic nominee." I mean, if that happened, then that's like, yeah, we're living in a crazy time. Why not? He would. I would. (laughs) I would. I think he would do a way better job than. Well, at least he's like, yeah. At least he, yeah, he would be better than Biden for sure. Yeah. No, I've never been a fan of Cuomo. I always thought he was just kind of a machine politician but he I has like political I feel like, and i don't know that yeah. he is one but i don't like that his brother's on cnn yeah he's the governor of new york well his no like, his father was i think his father was a uh, governor wasn't he yeah i think mario cuomo was governor uh, governor of new york first yeah, yeah so he's just so. like a little northeast bush family that i'm like i don't need the cuomo dynasty in my government necessarily i don't know if i'm ready to live through that uh but, but he, uh, yeah, he has he has done a reasonably good job at yeah that's what I've heard being I've a, read that. A, ser- a serious source of leadership. Like when you listen to his press con- his press conferences, it's like you, you feel like you're. I mean, I've I've watched his press conferences and they've been like as good as they're sure? gonna get. You know, yeah. You know, it's like this guy's like thinking about it correctly. He's on top of it. It's like it's and he's speaking honestly about it. It's good. It's gonna get worse. You know, whatever. Like so. Uh, at minimum, it's it's a minimum. I mean, our standards are so low, right? Because uh, obviously, our standards are so low. But yeah, not that that's going to happen. Like you said, it's 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 kind of masturbatory to even think of, think about that as a possibility. Realistically, it's Joe Biden twenty twenty against Trump, and it's, and it's and it's it's insane. Though you know, we'll see. the The tumult of COVID is uh is not over for sure. You know those. Those more brewing. You oh, know, it's going to get worse just... before it gets better. We're still like riding the curve up, even in New York, yeah. where it's like at, at like peaking. It's probably the biggest peak right now in the United States. It hasn't slowed down there, you know. Oh, New York is the epicenter. I mean, it's the epicenter of the global, you know, epidemic at this point. I think it's like it's crazy. Um, it's definitely the epicenter of the, of the issue in New York, in the, in the United States. It's like, yeah, it's intense. Which is. Everybody knew. That's what was so crazy when I was in New York prior to leaving was everybody knew it was coming. And everybody also knew that when it hit New York, it was going to be bad because it's New York. It's dense. It's dirty. It's grimy. People pack into subways like it's sardines. 
everybody knew that it was just going to be bad. Um, and that's why it was such an eerie feeling being there. And, um, you know, hats off to the people that are obviously working it, the healthcare workers, and, like, dealing with it, but also just anybody there right now. The, the, the just in self-isolation, just, like, getting by alone is a heroic task at this point. Yeah, and I do think, like, to anyone who is who does listen to this and makes it, you know, this far in, uh, you know, everyone reach out to like the healthcare workers in your life or the grocery, if you know anyone who works at a grocery store or at any of these, like, or delivery, uh, you know, do it, work doing delivery service or anything, or is just out there just like keeping the, the, you know, we've ra- ramped the economy down to like quote essential activity and it's pretty crazy. And there are still, you know, a large amount of people out there who are, part of that essential economy and they have to keep going and they're just like in the face of all this shit and it's just those people deserve uh a little extra love in your life so shoot them a text or like give them a call and anyone you know who's in like nursing or in medicine or anything because it's this is a crazy time and they you know we were talking about what this the impact of this on us but like you're saying the, the people who are involved in like the medical community uh, and are, are seeing yeah, this play out before their yeah. eyes is, I can't imagine I have, I have like going clo- to war. I have a close friend who's a social worker and she has to, she, she's still going into the hospital twice a week because you have to have a social worker on, on standby to manage, you know, it's just like, not even like, she doesn't have to obviously treat, she's, you know, she's coming from the therapy standpoint, but she's not, she's not treating COVID patients, but she has to go into the hospital twice a week to be on hand to handle any sort of case, social case con- you know, issues. They have to have a social worker there to manage stuff, and she's busy. And so she still has to go into the hospital twice a week for full days. And she's going in you know, with a mask on, and it's like, you're in a hospital. You don't want to be in a hospital right now. No. Uh, you know, and uh, so even just someone like as kind of only tangibly, you know, tang- tangentially related to uh, healthcare as she is, is like you know it's like hats off like she's still going in and, and doing her time so uh, yeah it's it's pretty heroic I mean that's the beauty of it is that in this moment of crisis you know all this craziness at the top levels and all these idiocy and the writers and the commentary and and the, our political leadership set all that side set all that aside in the trenches you know the the heroism is um is significant. And it's beautiful, and you know, and and, you, and it's so reliable. That's the best part about it. Is it's just as exactly as you'd expect. You know, people are, are when it, when the going gets tough, like people buckle down and you know reliably, you know, show up to like tackle the problem. It, it um, is beautiful. That's a really you know, it's way like there's it. really beautiful. Way you know, it. and I just yeah, I think it's and that's that's the best that's the best of us right there. That's the best of us, and yeah. then, you know it's it's a shame that our political class does such a disservice to to the average person who you know is showing up and um yeah and it's not you know like you said you know everybody just like people staying home you know it's like by and large um, yeah so I think that's a you know a, a really nice place to to just sort of end I think. Uh, to just uh yeah i i'm i'm i think we wrap up there man i think uh you know a tribute to those people out there who are who are keeping us keeping us alive and uh yeah i think uh it's beautiful to see the human spirit when it starts uh when 
when something shitty like this happens to us, uh, to just see ordinary people, you know, step up to the plate, like you're saying. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Well, yeah. that sounds good to me. We'll end it there. And, uh, this is, uh, this is phase two of the two reluctant cog podcast. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and another episode coming next week. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, we'll try to get a little more regular with these. And hopefully the sound quality sounds okay. And I'm going to try to figure out how to slip an intro track in here. So, uh, outro track. Yeah, outro track, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, Sai, you, you know, give uh, 30 seconds uh, what you're looking forward to out in the woods. And uh, while I pull this up. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to in the woods. Right now, I'm looking out my window. I just turned my uh, my outside light on, and it's howling, howling wind. Uh, temperatures are just above freezing and sideways rain. Not pleasant. Um, tomorrow, I'm getting my chainsaw out if it's not raining and cutting up some trees that have fallen over and putting it away as firewood because I'm burning through a lot right now. And that's about it. That's what I'm looking forward to in the woods. Uh, that's that Thoreau, not Thoreau, yeah, Thoreau, uh, lifestyle Trevor mentioned. Uh, and, uh, the, um, yeah, the, I, end of this I think is, the end of this is so fucked up. I, it's just hilarious. I, I'm going to keep all this shit in or maybe edit some of this out, but I'm trying to pull up <laughs> music right now. And, uh, well, my, it's perfect because also my headphones are dying as well. So I, I can, one of them just died. And so now I'm down to one half volume hearing you come through at half volume. Uh, so the timing was good in terms of t- ending the podcast, but the, yeah. the logistics at the end are tricky. Uh, tricky. This is yeah, this is where we lose the uh, a way to like uh, to to play shit. Uh, hold on, let me try to see if I can get this to to play. I'm gonna have to hang up. On That's that. All right. I think I hung up. Oh, my audio track's still going. Yeah, I hung up on Psy, so it's just a little, uh, little Trev outro now. I don't know how I'm going to splice all this together. It might sound absolutely ridiculous. I don't think anyone's listening this far out anyway, so probably okay.